What's Swinging Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Steel Mace Nation podcast. I am your host, Fred Moore. Today's guest is Jeffrey Oaks from Michigan. You may know Jeffrey as one of the Savage Six. He's got a sick mace flow style. Um, my nickname for him is Mr. Patience. We talk about that. You know, it's like how his flow style looks like he's just really patient um he is a strong coach and he's a personal trainer for steel mace up in uh, michigan there he also does online coaching for steel mace flow and and also for the strong coach we get into the strong coach stuff we talk about mace we also talk about how he contended with an injury how mace helped him with the injury uh, we talk about coffee. We talk about lightsabers. Uh, we get into all of it. He's a really cool dude, and we just had a really cool, folksy kind of talk, just like, yo, bro, what's happening? And uh, I think you guys are going to love it. I really enjoyed myself with this one. I enjoy myself with all of them. I think you guys could tell that already. But, you know, Jeff just has his own unique flavor, and he brought uh, some really great stuff to the table for – for all of us to take away into uh, being steel mace coaches ourselves and just, you know, trying to be better people, you know, uh, trying to improve or whatever. So we're going to get to that, but you know what the deal is. I got to tell you about our sponsors. I have Adex clubs, Adex mace as a sponsor nowadays, uh, Don over at Adex. I met him down at the Vintage Strength Games. We talked for a little while, and, uh, you know, we um, we hit it off. And luckily for me, he wanted to support the podcast. He believes in the podcast. I believe in his products. If you guys know Addicts, you know that these things are some amazing maces. Uh, you know, right now he's got his heavy mace uh, unit out there. It's the the Gata style mace. It's adjustable. You could adjust it from a very lightweight, go up to a heavyweight. It's got add-ons. You could uh, buy shorter handles for the club. And um, it's the mace that is used in the vintage strength games. It's really cool. And I also uh, heard that, well, I saw it on Instagram actually, and he mentioned it to me that he's working on a flow mace. So I don't even know, maybe that's going to be out by the time this podcast is out, but um, he's got great products. So check out Adex if you want an adjustable mace, and um, you can use the discount code SMN19. That's to get 10% off uh, pretty much all his products, including shirts and stuff like that. And uh, thanks to our other uh, sponsor, which is Ongo Energy Spray, which is a caffeine spray. It comes in a tube about yay big, and uh, basically pump three sprays into your mouth for 75 milligrams of natural caffeine. And the caffeine kicks in pretty much right away because it gets absorbed through your, your uh, tongue and your mouth and everything. You don't have to drink a big stinky cup of coffee. Uh, you don't have to drink the pre-workout. You, know, you don't have to do all that stuff. And uh, you could get the energy right away. So let's just say you're at the gym and you want to go kick ass and, and you want to lift something or maybe you're – uh, jump it into your uh, steel mace flow class and um, you've been at it all day and you're a little tuckered just take a spray and you know it'll give you the energy right away that you need 
And you can use the discount code STEELMACE25 for 25% off. Oh, and by the way, don't forget, I'm wearing the shirt right here. Origin. Origin Training Academy. That's uh, Blake Hendricks out of North Jersey. He's a real cool dude. He came up with this website. He's got cool workouts on it. And the discount code for that is SMN10. And use that to get a discount on a, a monthly subscription to workouts, which it's very affordable. You can load it up on your phone, and you could do these exercises everywhere, body weight, steel mace, that kind of stuff. Did I forget anything? I don't think so. But if I did, I apologize to whoever I forgot. Uh, let's just get to the podcast, shall we? Take care. But Jeff, man, yeah, so great to have you on. Um, Thank you. You were definitely on my hit list right from the beginning. Uh, the podcast has been going since the summertime, and, and it, yeah, it's just been people coming out and coming on the podcast. I can't keep up with it, and um, that's not a problem. That's I love it. And, uh, yep. yeah, I've been waiting to, to get you on, so I'm really excited about this to talk to you. Um, I was just checking out some of your recent stuff on Instagram, and you got your little battle oh. going on with Ben, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so um... – Ben Walker, who is a guest on your podcast as well, is um, he's a Penn State guy. And uh, I, I graduated from Michigan State. And a uh, couple, you know, for the last year or two, on that game day, we've had this kind of light rivalry. I don't know that either one of us are actually really, really big into college football. I mean, I kind of only care. But it's an opportunity to mess around with one of my friends. And last year, I threw out this idea when Michigan State was on a tear uh, that we should design workouts for each other and then the loser would do the workout. So this year, maybe a few hours after Penn State just destroyed the University of Michigan, one of our rival teams, um, Ben sent me this message like, oh yeah, I'm game for our bet this year. And like, of course you are. Your team just might have one of ours. Yeah, right. He's so got, we are. He's got momentum behind him right now, but you know, things can change anything can change it, it's not over until the the clock is over on that game so what no, i know the one we, we've got two advantages we've got the home field and we had a bye week last week yeah and they had to they had to fight for their victory over the university of michigan so i imagine that michigan state is going to be well rested and ready to defend yeah it'll be fun oh yeah and Sunday morning, one of us is going to be doing a workout live on Instagram. <laughs> Definitely. It's going to be interesting to see. And, you know, looking at what he's been – like, you guys just started putting this stuff out. Your yeah. your first two clips are, like, good stuff. I, I, I like it. But it's like you're, like, you know, like kind of, like, chill. And he's, like, right out of the bay, right out of the gate having you do push-ups off the steel maze. He's coming yeah. out str strong and hard, but – I think your strategy might be a little different than his. And we're going to, this is going to be interesting to see how it works out. You will see. Um, and I don't know when this will air or release. So I don't know what I should say. Yeah. What day is the game? Uh, this coming Saturday. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We won't make it. All right. Cool. So what I've been posting are just a couple of movements. I have not posted the transitions in between these movements yet, nor have I posted how it all is going to go together and what it's going to look like in the final finished product as far as a workout goes. Okay. Don't get me wrong. I think that Ben's putting together a really brutal workout. I'm going to put something together that's going to challenge balance, stability, fluidity, have some explosive parts, and also some really, really like slow, like 
has to balance and hold this thing out there apart. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're uh, playing to your strengths right there. Uh, you know, that's what I see when I see you flow. You, you have those, uh, you, you have that patient, like, it's just, it's unbelievable. It doesn't look the same. I can't, I can't even describe it. The mace is moving almost like in slow motion and steady. Yeah. It looks, it looks awesome how you do it. And I, I could tell you put in a lot of work to get there. So kudos to you to really bring it to that level. And now you mentioned the transitions. Can you, can you describe transitions from your point of view? So like for people listening that are just breaking out to steel mace, like what does that mean? And, and how does that uh, come into the, the entire flow sequence that you're yeah. putting together? That's a really good question. Um, so I like to think of transitions as like if you're snapping a wet towel. So you think about how it like waves out and then snaps real fast. That wave out is the transition. And that's something I like to do in my movements and my flows. I like to move through transitions either slowly or quickly, but really snap into my final landmark and position with a brief pause before I move on to the next. So that to me is what the transitions are like. They're like that little whip that sends you in to the next place. Nice. Yeah. And but that can also be very, very slow. It doesn't have to be fast. You can right. watch a wave go in slow motion or it can go like that. Right. Okay. And can a transition also just be um, considered like just a little move, if you will, that you do in between bigger segments? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. I mean, not all transitions are created equal. Some transitions uh, do not involve changing your hand position on the mace at all. You may just be moving it from one height to another height on your body, and that would be a transition. Some transitions involve a prayer switch. Some involve like a hangman switch or you know, more complicated, more big, robust movements. Some of them involve just keeping it in one place and moving your body. Okay, nice. Now, when when you coach people, you're coaching at A2 Steel Fit, right? Yeah, A2 Steel Fit is the name of my business. So I I operate my okay. own business basically wherever I am, wherever I go. Right. Um, physically operate my classes out of A2 Functional Fitness, this place right here, which is a uh, gym. It's basically a collective of trainers who all kind of work under the same rooftop, but Really, we're all doing our own things. Oh wow, yeah. You know what? That's that's uh, pretty cool. Do you guys kind of share equipment and stuff too? Yeah, although I'm the only one doing maces, so um, you know we've actually got a gym with a lot of really nice stuff in it that I barely touch. <laughs> oh yeah. Does anybody touch your maces? Um, sometimes, yeah. 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 Every once in a while, one of the other trainers would jump into one of my classes. Uh, we do have a couple of clients that come to my classes or work with me on steel may stuff, but then go to one of the other trainers. For instance, we've got a, a woman who's a powerlifting competitor who does steel mace flow with me, but then also works out powerlifting with one of our other trainers. Ah, this is interesting. I've been talking to uh, power lifters and people like uh, I was just talking, I just did a podcast with a, with a boxer, um, but I've been asking them about, you know, how they see steel mace in you know how it's going to play into powerlifting as it becomes more popular and uh 
the powerlifter I just talked to recently, they said it's going to be a game changer. And what about uh, this individual that you're talking about? How do they feel about yeah, it? Yeah, I, I think that it, it's, she would agree that it's been a game changer. She's only been doing it with me for probably going on three months, maybe four months. Um, and she's seen PRs in her deadlift and in her bench. Wow. Nothing else changing. I'm not, I'm not sure where her squat's at, um, to be honest, but no, nothing else changed in her, uh, in her training. I mean, I, I imagine, I mean, she's got a great coaching team. So I imagine that, that her powerlifting coaches made adaptations along the way. And it's not that they're on a stagnant program or anything like that. Right. Um, but the really cool thing about it is, is her coach who wasn't necessarily into the mace to begin with has now started to come around to be like, telling her at first, okay, you can go do your mace training these days during this, this week of your training protocol. Yeah. But now he's like, yeah, go do your mace all the time because it's clearly helping you. It's engaged, you know, it's helping with her grip strength. It's helped her to become more engaged on and under the bar. Boom. That's what I like to hear, man. That's great. Yeah. And the, um, the woman I interviewed, who's the boxer, uh, her podcast will be coming out in a little bit. Um, she uh she's she sees it as as a big game changer and like all for all athletes you know um and 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 you could definitely see it i mean you're you're operating in that um transverse plane a lot and opening up your hips and and uh increasing your uh stability and everything and and it's just it's that's so fascinating to me now because i think once that that cog clicks into place officially and it's just gonna be like steel mace all over the place yeah yeah i agree um i haven't found an athlete yet that has tried it that has not benefited from it in some way shape or form um i mean i've got a client who's a golfer who's seen his golf swing improve and not just from a standpoint of now he's swinger faster and harder he's actually swinging slower with more control based on some of the mace work that we've done and he's hitting his shots straighter and further. Yeah. That's, uh, that's a big thing with golf. I remember I used to play and I would always get yelled at for swinging too fast, slow down your swing yeah. and just follow through with the ball, let the club do the work. That is huge right there. And you know what, uh, over at the J mom at there, there's a, a golfer who came in and he said, I have tried every gimmick in the world. I've tried this. I've ordered that. And nothing has ever worked, but the steel mace they feel is helping them. So, yeah, I love it, man. I think I think we got enough uh, we got enough proof to go right to the Olympics with this. Let's just let's just <laughs> let's just send the Savage Six as as the uh, the the United States team and and get this bad boy done. Well, we've got a couple international coaches as well. Yes, you do. In the Philippines, yeah. you have uh, Nat, right? Yep, and we've got uh, Zach up in Canada as well. Oh, yeah, right. I kind of included him in. That's right. He is oh, in Canada, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. He's over on the uh, the other side of the wall. Yeah, right. The wall that everybody's trying to climb over. Right. That way, not not our way. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was making a Game of Thrones reference. Um, if you want to go political, we can go political. <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, you know, either way. We'll, just, we'll leave that out there for everybody to chomp on. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So you, uh, wh what's it like being a steel, steel mace coach for you anyway? I know you thoroughly, uh, enjoy doing it and everything. Has it been, um, 
a big change in your life? I'm just smiling because as you're asking that question, I'm like, shit, man, it's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. You yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's really cool to be a steel maze coach. So, um, you know, it's one of the best parts about it is trying to describe what I do for a living to people who have no idea what it's about. Like, yeah, yeah I, uh, I dance around in uh, short shorts with a 10 pound steel pole. And um, yeah. <laughs> so when you break it down like that, it's, it's, it's pretty funny, but no, it's been a, uh, a huge, huge game changer in my life. I mean, one, it's obviously affected the physical training I do, um, which is a, you know, a long conversation. Um, but the other thing that it's done, it's opened up so many doors for me uh, from a, a training and coaching standpoint that in the long term, what it's allowed me to do is be a full-time steel mace coach that works for myself and sets my own hours. I work from home a lot. Um, my wife and I just had a child and I get to spend a ton of time at home with my baby girl. Yeah. Congratulations so, on that, by the way. I was, I forgot to say that. Uh, that's awesome. What's her name? Her name is Isla. Isla. Very nice. Uh, Isla Jubilee Oaks. Nice. I have a, a six year old daughter and, uh, you know, having a daughter is just precious, you know, and I'm sure you're going to, you know, everybody approaches parenting differently, but I try to give her as much strength as I can, you know, set her up with that. Not that, it, you know, sounds kind of cliche, but I just want her to feel empowered, you know, when she's older, oh, yeah. like she could do whatever she wants to do and she doesn't have to take shit yeah. from nobody. That kind of thing. Yeah. I guess yeah. that's, that's, you know, how we think as fathers. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'm, I'm young into my parenting career, so I don't profess to have any um, great revelations or advice to give. But I would say that by doing things like exactly what you're doing right now, um, taking on this podcast, you know, showing the world the steel mace, you're doing it because you've got your own career. You've got your thing that you've been doing. And then here you are just like, no, I'm going to do this thing um, with, you know, maybe you don't have any business doing this. I have no idea, but you convince the world that you do. So you've empowered yourself to go out and do this. So you're leading by a great example to her. And that's my hope to, that what I'm doing with the steel mace and with my coaching career is that I can at least demonstrate to my daughter that you can quite literally do what you want to do in this life. Yeah. If I can, make a living coaching people because of a I keep making this gesture over here because I'm actually looking at a maze right there. Okay, the I figured that, yeah. That um but because of this ten pound thirty eight inch piece of steel, my life has changed. Yeah. And I am empowered as a result too because I created this life for myself. Yes. Right. And not, not without help, of course, but. Oh, well, yeah, of course. I mean, that's that's the, the other beautiful part about this whole steel mace thing that's going on is yeah. how helpful everybody is collaborating together, supporting each other. It's unreal. Right. I, I really have not seen anything like this in the fitness industry ever. Yeah. I mean, maybe there's something like that in yoga. I, I don't I just don't know because I've never looked that close, but. Um, you don't see it in like traditional weightlifting. I mean, there's, there's support and everything, but not this collaborative effort. I think everybody yeah. just believes so genuinely in it. 
and they want to see it thrive. And we know yeah. that we're a team right now. And it's like, we're going to work together and it will thrive. It will pop. It will come to life even more so. Right. So everyone's yeah, getting behind absolutely. it. I think one of the closest comparisons I've seen to it was going back into the early aughts, um, you know, with Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Um, before it was quite as big as it is now, the, the schools were a lot smaller when I started training. There were fewer of them, and everyone was just trying to work together to get better. There was always this underlying threat of competition. Yeah. And obviously, with it being a hard style martial art where you're quite literally grappling with your opponent, there was a bit more competitiveness to it right. than what I observe in, um, you know, in a steel mace class, for instance. But uh, you mentioned yoga. I think that's a great um, analogy as well that when someone's performing really well in a class, other people in the class try to perform up to that level, not because they're competing with that person. They just see what they can aspire to. And that makes them want to internally compete with themselves and improve. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. And, uh, you, when, when you put out a video, a steel mace video, I know a lot of people, you know, all of us were putting out videos where we're doing sword swings and, a lot of a lot of technical stuff. Maybe yeah. somebody first coming and looking might feel intimidated, but it's not, nobody is trying to. We're, what we're saying is, you can do this too. You you can yeah. get to this level. Yes, you need to start with the basics, like we all did. But it's not about like showboating. It's about showing what is possible, and then, like you just mentioned, how it's changed your life. And everybody that encounters a steel mace, some level has had some pretty good changes happen to them, which is a whole other subject. And on that subject, where has the steel mace helped change your life? Wow, man. Um, It would almost be easier for me to list off the places where it hasn't changed my life. Um, (laughs) You know, the, the reality is, is one of the biggest changes this has had on my life is the empowerment that I mentioned before. I mean, I made a, I made a career change, not once, but twice because of this. And it's also connected me to some really incredible people that I consider lifelong friends that some of whom I've not yet even shaken their hand or been able to give them a good hug. Uh, I, I have people that I would, without hesitation, consider part of my inner circle. I've never even seen them in person. Yeah. And that's that's a weird thought to have that five years ago I would have scoffed at or thought maybe there's something wrong with you and you need to associate with people in your you know <laughs> uh, geographic region a little bit closer or try to be a part of that community. But um, the reality is, is through associating myself with this very accepting and progressive and encouraging community. um, I've started to establish far more confidence and belief in my own abilities than I ever had that translate not just from, you know, twirling this thing around, but to how I actually move through life in the way that I, converse with people the way that I coach my clients um yeah the places that it's led me yeah that's beautiful how has it changed uh how has it changed the way you coach your clients 
is that uh, just how you teach them how to move their bodies, or is it also the mental aspect, like how your your dialogue with them? Well, both, um, and I can attribute that both uh, to just one word, and that's foundations. Yeah. Um, you know, I look at when we talk about having great posture when working with the mates. That to me is an analogy to making sure that you wake up and drink water in the morning. Yeah. Um, if you want to do really fancy movement with the mace, you have to dial in your foundations first. If you want to go out into life and do amazing things, you have to dial into your foundations first. I love it. Yeah. Um, now to me, there's a, there's a really, really big connection between breath work and the way that I breathe when I move with the mace and the way that I want my clients to breathe when they move with their mace to the way that I breathe when I'm about to make a decision based on something that might be emotional that has nothing to do with the mace. Yeah. And that by having that practice, these things really become connected. Yeah. So there's a, a back feed of different things happening here. Did you get into breath work uh, after you were using the mace or is that something that you already knew about and were practicing? Um, to a certain degree, it was something I was already practicing. I have a background in um, martial arts and it's always been a part of it. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, but it might be a little bit simpler as in exhaling when you're throwing a punch or the way that you breathe when you have someone on top of you trying to crush and choke you uh, or the way that you breathe when you're on top of someone trying to crush and choke. You. Uh, so, that breath work has always been a part of what I've done and through the mace and through, um, you know, more of an exploration in yoga, which I'm going through right now, I started to develop a little bit more of a vocabulary to go along with it. So it's starting to make a little bit more sense to me now. And now I'm also finding the ways to use that same breath work that I would use in motion with the mace or in, you know, a strangle on a person to how I, use that same breath while I'm meditating or while I'm working on goal setting and setting affirmations and mantras for myself. That's now a big part of that as well. Um, having a newborn when she won't stop screaming and crying and you have no idea why, and you've done everything in your power, having that breath work to, I can do this. Yeah. It's been huge. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you there, brother. I, it's uh, those are some tough nights. I remember you, you, you're lacking sleep, and you're got something yeah. on your mind. And when you don't sleep, man, you become a different person. And then you got this poor little baby that's crying, and you're like, I have tried everything. Why won't you stop crying? Right. And yeah. it really starts to have effect on you because uh, you want to just help. And yeah, hang in there, man. You, you it seems like you, uh, you know. It's it's over before you know it, and then and then your then your daughter's losing her uh, tooth, like my daughter just did. I'm like, no, stop growing up, <laughs> dude. It's crazy. I was just holding her the other day, and for the first time, I was like, oh shit, you got bigger. Yeah. Like you're not just that like little newborn that we brought back from the hospital. You like have like you're like longer yeah. and take up more space, space. when you lay on me. It's like right. you're a little heavier. Yeah, yeah. Like that phase, that first couple week phase is, is already over. Yeah. Yeah. How fast now she can like hold her head up and look around. She can make 
facial expressions and hold eye contact. Uh, she's like starting to show more and more bits of being an actual like human being. Yeah. Um, and it's crazy. And, uh, and I love it. It's awesome. But part of me is all like, Oh crap, that yeah. part is already over. Yeah. And I lost it to sleep deprivation. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nothing feels better than getting a good night's sleep though. After all that. And uh, probably next week she's going to be using like a five pound mace or something. Right. So, you know, Oh yeah. You got absolutely. that to look forward to. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 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 Um, and it's, yeah. Yeah. It's just a cool thing. Yeah. Now you, you, are you still doing BJJ or that's behind you now? So I'm, I'm off the mats. I've been on an extended leave. I, I had a, uh, an injury last year. I actually tore my bicep um, at the distal tendon, which is a pretty gnarly injury, you know, complete separation. That's the one you uh, watch videos of people online doing deadlifts, and then you just see their bicep just like yeah. shoot up their shoulder. Um, I didn't have that that severe because I wasn't under that, that heavy of a load, so it didn't have that much of a rubber band effect. Um, but it's a, bad, it's a bad injury. I mean, it requires pretty immediate surgery, and then it's like a, an eight-month eight rehab period. So – um, I hadn't been training super consistently before that, and I haven't been back since. Uh, right now, an arm bar would be just devastating to me. If, uh, that kind of re-injury is, um, I'm still dealing with a mental hurdle to get over that in order to get back on the mat. Um, yeah. Very comfortable admitting that it might be a mental hurdle at this point, but yeah. it's one that I feel okay with holding on to. Okay, cool. Yeah. I, I do remember reading some posts a while back that you were contending with that. And uh, did you yeah. uh, rehab it with the mace at all? Or did you use traditional? Oh, yeah. yeah. What, yeah, yeah, I definitely rehabbed it with the mace. What was your go-to move to uh, rehab that particular injury? Well, at first, quite literally just holding the mace. Um, so let me grab it real quick. Okay. So really just working on pronation and supination of the injured arm was right. a big thing. And just getting this to a point where I could fully pronate and supinate. This was a big thing right here. Just doing stuff like this. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what your, um, your bicep muscle controls is the ability to do this. A lot of people think it's the big muscle here. That's, you know, mostly in your triceps. Yeah. Um, so just getting that range of motion back was a, a long-term process. The mace was hugely helpful for that. Um, Reestablishing the ability to apply tension to an object. Yeah. So just even just holding the mace and just kind of crushing my hands together on it was another big part. Really boring part, but it was a part. And then once I started to get some of the strength back, my two go-to moves were uh, arrows and uppercuts. Oh, there you go. Yeah. 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 Real slow, real, real like light low rep ranges um but it was turned out to be hugely helpful in the long run yeah and that's all stuff probably you would never seen done if you just go to like a pt clinic you know like the doctor sends yeah. you to you would never do that stuff you do something yeah. but i don't know sometimes people don't even get good results going in there not saying you know you know you got to get checked out by a doctor not saying that a steel mace is the thing to, to fix something but it could right. be and what you just described or like great rehab things, you know, get it cleared by your doctor, basically. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would absolutely encourage anyone listening or watching this to be very, very responsible with, um, you know, using something like that for rehab. 
Uh, I used it as an accessory, not as a replacement for physical and occupational therapy. I still was very, very diligent with um, going to all of my appointments, doing all the exercises, doing all the homework. Um, you know, before I was uh, rehabbing with a mace, my best friend was like a uh, seven ounce ballpen hammer um, that oh. I've had since I was a kid. And just kind of going back and forth with that was my was a big part of my rehab. Wow. Yeah. So absolutely you know, be responsible, listen to the doctors. Um, but if you have it in your practice and you are comfortable enough with your own self and education to incorporate it, I found it very, very helpful. I've worked with uh, a couple of uh, PTs as clients that also agree that it has its place. It's, I think that area is still being very much developed. I don't imagine that that's, you know, ready for general consumption, but yeah. it's really close. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, uh, uh... Uh, Dr. Joey, uh, with, with his primal flow maces, the wood maces, mm -hmm. he, he's doing some PT stuff, which is pretty cool. You know, it's a, it's a lighter weight. It's only like four pounds, yep. but right. perfect for some people who have injuries or they're, or they're, uh, much older and they haven't used their bodies in a while. And they have those types of instabilities yep. and everything. So, uh, yeah, there's that. And, and, um, I've been seeing other things pop up, you know, uh, like re using the mace to rejuvenate you, which whatever that means, that could also be mentally, right? I mean, uh, the the mace really does uh, tackle um, the mind, you know, rejuvenating your mind, your mental attitude, yeah. right? Which yeah, uh, it, it it is actually the fountain of youth that Ponce de Leon was looking for all those years ago, and we finally found it now. Yeah, that's bullshit, man. Um, no. It's, uh, <laughs> I, mean, I think it absolutely can rejuvenate you of mind. Um, it certainly has with me. Uh, you know, I, I identified very quickly that alien pulse rifle behind you because I'm a child of the 80s and I never let go of some of my attachments to G.I. Joes and ninjas and the Ninja Turtles and stuff like that. So um, I've said before that when I'm working with a mace and I'm deep into a flow state, there's part of me that's regressing to this very, very childlike place of remembering what it was like to be out in the woods and to find the perfect stick that was going to be like my bow staff for the day and just out there twirling it around that you know dealing with imaginary ninjas and um you know I, I don't necessarily picture the same thing now but i imagine that the place of exploration i'm in is very much in parallel to where i would have been in my youth that that is so cool. You just mentioned uh, that. That's the second time on this podcast. Uh, Sleepy Monkey Man brought that up too. The stick and 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 I remember it in my childhood. I had this badass stick, and the the game was we would have sword fights, and you you would lose when your stick broke, and mine just smashed everybody's. But it had like a knot on the end. It almost looked like a mace. And now I think back, I'm like, wow, man. But you just mentioned something else seeking out uh, a stick to use as your bow staff of the day and it was like that that mission to go find one which was also just as awesome which then made me think about like you know as we develop our mace practice we we start buying new maces right we try this one out we try that brand out and and we're seeking that that stick again and then that that same feeling we're always looking for uh, a new one to get a new thrill or whatever What's your Mesa choice? Uh, well, right now um, I'm using, for heavy swings, I'm using the Adex. And uh, the Beyond, uh, uh, Become Stronger, um, 
it's a 20 pound loadable and I have five pounds of shot in it. So I get that slash right. effect. That's pretty cool. And I, I love swinging that doing 10 and twos. For some reason, I'm able to really stabilize and control that with my 10 and twos. It's got the fatter handle and it's got the uh, ball on the end to, 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 you know, for your hand to, to sit against the palm or yep. whatever you want to call it. And it just seems to psh, fall right in there. And, um, but the Adex is, wow, that's a war machine, that thing. Um, I'm trying to use it as much as I can because I intend on going to the Vintage Strength Games in Miami on February 8th. And oh, yeah. I was at the first one, but I didn't compete. I just watched, and I watched people's calluses get ripped off their hands in the process. So yeah. um, I'm like, wow, this is the real deal. And I've been swinging that thing, and it is unforgiving. Like, you know, you, you mess up one little bit, and it could throw you off, and, and you expel a lot of energy trying to get back yeah. into your groove again. So I'm just, you know, working with that. I got a few months to get ready and uh, see what goes on. So when's that? That's in uh, February? Yeah, it's February 8th in Miami. And uh, I'm actually going to be setting up the podcast down there. Oh, cool. Yeah. I'm you're going to do a podcast and, and you're going to compete? Yeah, I'm going to see how I can squeeze that in. I'm just going to do one, one, one competition. Um, I think you could yeah. swing for five minutes or maybe it's 10 minutes. If there's a five-minute one, I'm going to do that one. <laughs> just yeah. we'll see. Have you, uh, have you written that down? Oh, you mean as like a vision board type of thing? Yeah, yeah. No, I did not. So we're done. Go write it down. Yeah, write it February, down. Going to Miami, competing in the vintage strength games. And now doing that helps me do what? It helps me solidify it as a reality. Is that the point of doing that? Yeah, you know the point of um, you know documenting a goal is, you know, one, you turn it from a dream into a goal. The biggest difference is that a goal is written down um, and you put it somewhere where you see it every day. Yeah. So you're always working towards it. It's not just something that you think about doing. And then, you know, how time goes by, man. Well, you know, in two hours, it's going to be December and you'll be like, oh crap, I lost 60 potential days of training because yeah. I just didn't think about this dream I had because life got in the way. Yeah. Once you put it to paper, you actually go through the muscle action of writing it down. There's something about that action and the way that it sends that signal up your arm and into your brain that creates more of a solid vision for it than if you just think it. Yeah. That's the so write, write it down, commit to it, have it be in your mind because then what'll happen too, is you'll see that. And then when you go to the gym and you dial in for your sessions, you're going to be like, well, I need to practice my five minutes of swinging with my addicts mates because I know that's what I'm going to be using in the competition on February 8th. It's going to be there. And you'll find that you go through that competition in your head over and over and over and over and over. And by the time you get there, you might have like a little bit of game day nerves, but for the most part, man, you'll have already done all of the hard part. All you got to do is jump up on the stage and swing. Uh, I love it. So yeah, that's like what, what they uh, talk about, like the championship team, before they go to the championships, they're actually visioning going and winning. So it becomes, uh, it, it becomes an act. They actually completed that action in their head already. So when they get yeah. there, it's already done. That's awesome. Is yeah. that so? This what, everything that you're talking about right now uh, is. I know you're a strong coach, right? Is this kind of what where yeah. where? Yeah, is that what you? Um, I, I guess that's like the first layer of anything, right? I'm, there's something. Yeah. There's deeper stuff that you help people with? 
Oh, absolutely. You know, a lot, a lot of my coaching that I do I, is not uh, physical coaching at all. I do. Uh, I like to call it mindset training or mindset coaching. Yeah. Uh, I don't really like the, the life coach term so much. And uh, uh, I don't really, I know another term people like to use for that is like executive coaching. And I like that one a lot too, but mindset speaks to me a little bit more. So that's what I like to call it. Yeah. That's what I like to call it too. Mindset because mindset. So you're, it's how you perceive things and how you choose to look at things. Right. And you help people look at things from a way that they can, uh, uh, well, I don't know. Maybe you could finish my sentence for me. Like you choose to help them look at something in a better way that's more beneficial to them. Is that the right way to put it? I think that's a good way to put it. Um, the way that I like to explain it is, you know, we've got this gray matter up here that, you know, there's a figure that people like to throw out that the average human uses no more than what do they say? Like seven to 8% of your potential brain power yeah. um, in, in your conscious mind. And the other 90 some percent is just kind of doing its thing. And that's your, your unconscious mind that's a lot of room for imagination. Yeah. So a lot of the work that I try to do with my clients is by moving what's happening unconsciously in their imagination to a conscious imagination. So we're working on a cognitive shift. Uh, and what I mean by that is there's an expression that goes fill in the blanks. So if you're, uh, if you're in your job, for instance, and your boss is giving you some kind of feedback that might not be totally positive you know you hear an expression like and you know fill in the blanks or whatever that sends your mind into overdrive thinking about all of the things that could be wrong with me with my performance with the way that i'm perceived but all of those things are just in your imagination so my work with people is trying to get those things out of that unconscious imagination and help them find more of a creative conscious space in which they can operate. Wow. For instance, you might think that everything I just said is crazy. I can imagine that you might think that's crazy, but that's just in my imagination. You might also be having your mind blown by it. That's in my imagination too. The reality is, is I shouldn't concern myself with it because I don't know. Yeah. Because that which is in my imagination is as real as the aliens that I want to shoot with that pulse rifle behind me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're not real. It's, it's, it's not a thing. Right. So by opening up that space, by opening up that energy in your brain, in your mind, in your soul, in your heart, to create more of the imagination that's going to benefit you is at the core of the work I do. Wow. That's fantastic. And, you know, I, I say this to – I'm a little biased because I'm a coach too, but everybody needs a coach, and I can prove it. I hire coaches. You know, I, I have a coach. I have a strength coach. And um, I've gone to nutritionists, and, and I've gone to a couple of life coaches here and there. They've mm -hmm. helped me a lot because you're getting a perspective from somebody else who sees things uh, differently than you. They – I guess uh, if somebody hired you, they might have all their barriers and walls in place already, all their negative thoughts, but you don't because you see all the potential in that person. So everything for you is a big open, a wide open road of positivity. And I, right. I, and as a coach, you're going to, you're going to pull them onto that highway for that ride. Right. Right. 
Absolutely. But you hit the nail on the head too, is, you know, sometimes as coaches, we can't always see the forest for the trees. So we need our own coaching as well. Yeah. Uh, and it also helps that when you do this kind of work, when you're involved in these kind of communities, you wind up surrounding yourself with people who do a similar kind of work, who have these similar kind of, um, you know, predispositions. Yeah. So we'll find ourselves coaching each other on the regular, which is also hugely helpful. Um, yeah. And it's not com uncommon at all for me when I'm talking to some of my friends to say, to say something that I don't know, notice when I say it, but I could sound like one of my despondent clients. And then one of my friends will pipe on, Hey, a second, do you, do you mind if I coach you for a minute? And then they'll remind me of the sort of thing that I would be telling one of my clients. I mean, we're not perfect. We're not infallible. You're absolutely right. We all need coaching. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, you know, um, it, you have to work with somebody for a while to get them thinking differently. Just the way, the way uh, you'd work with somebody physically for coaching, like it, how to move a mace. Well, they're going to move it one way and you're going to coach them to move it better. And it's going to, they're going to regress, right? They're going to forget. Yeah. Gonna, there's going to be, uh, tri you know, trials along the way that's going to stress them and they're, they're going to, uh, they're going to fall back to their default position, whichever that was before that yeah. you're trying to get them out right they're they're going to yeah. look for a safety right and you as yeah. a, as a strong coach you're not really giving them safety you're giving them the the go ahead to be courageous yeah yeah what we're doing is we're building that foundation i talked about earlier to go ahead and be courageous and if you do regress and if you do fall back your foundation it's going to be stronger than it was before mm. so when you fall back onto it you're not following back onto wobbly ground. You're falling back into a place where like, oh, I'm really strong right here. I might have taken a hit. Something might have knocked me back. Most likely it was myself. But now that I'm back here, yeah. I can just spring forward again because I know, okay, I'm back here. I got two glasses of water, eat some healthy food, take a nap. Boom. Nice. Yeah, that's um... like it, in a mace movement. If you're you know very accustomed to foundational movements and switch squats and uppercuts and then you try a few sword swings then you like nail yourself in the knee or something like that yeah. you go back to your switch squats and you're like oh shit this is actually stronger than it was before yeah and now this is a interesting thing i i just realized too is uh so you're if people come to you for mace training uh they're also kind of getting that other part of you as the strong coach right like do, do you oh, yeah. do, is there a synergy there do you um do you find it easier to teach people how to use a, a mace just because of the strong coaching principles that you, you also use? Yes. That is cool, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and in so many ways, one, just because the program helped me to actualize myself and create a strong identity as a coach. So I just feel better as a coach. Um, I have no imposter syndrome. I feel very confident in what I'm doing, but everything is connected and everything is synergistic, as you mentioned earlier. And even though, you know, coaching the mind and coaching the body are very different things on a surface level, when it comes down to it, when you get to the core of it, it's really not. As I said before, it's it like really comes down to foundations. You're just building a strong foundation and then you're building up ahead of that. For steel mace flow, for instance, you know, we're, we're giving people a foundation upon which to create. 
And that's the same thing we do in the strong coach. We give people the tools and then we say, now go do beautiful things with these tools. Yeah. Do courageous, creative things. So when I teach someone, and this happens with every May student I have, I always try to put them in a box at first. And that's for their own safety. That's for their own, just here's your foundational box. But once you start to grow out of that box, every student I have does something I've never seen before. And nine times out of a 10, it's actually really cool. And I later go and practice it because I want to figure out what they just did naturally, what pathway they have that I've never found before. That's the same thing happens in life, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, I had that same thing happen to me with um, one of my, my uh, May students, um, very new at it. And I taught them a sword swing and then they did something and it was just something I wouldn't do because it technically didn't have a good flow. Like there would have been a knee in the way, but somehow he made it happen. And I looked at that and it set him up for more. And I said, wow, because, because I, I knew so much about flow, I put myself in my own way, whereas he didn't know anything. And he just kind of just did whatever his body naturally did. And all we did was just tweak it enough so that the knee didn't get smashed. Like it almost did. But it still set him up for that for that move, and I was like, I just learned something from you, bro. Thank you very much. And then, like you just said, I went home and practiced it, and it's like one yeah, of my yeah. it's one of my favorite flows. So now I look forward to like the next student and everything. And you know, that's that's a a big thing too. You know, like if you're a, a new mace coach, right, and you're trying to show people stuff, and all of a sudden people are doing maybe better than you or something, like you can't take that personally. You know, that's. Come on, man. Yeah, that's not a bad thing. That means you're doing your job, you know? So Yeah, you got to get excited by that sort of thing. Um, it would be really easy because I've been there. I was actually there last year um, when I was dealing with my injury, and there was a solid uh, eight weeks. I couldn't – I mean, touching a mace at all was just not happening. That, that eight weeks happened to be during a period of time where some of these guys were just coming out of the woodwork. Some of the guys were, like, now established coaches – that I had never seen before. And I was like, holy shit, this guy is so much better than I am. And I'm thinking, I'm going to have to work so hard to catch up when I'm better. Thankfully, by the time I was better enough, I had changed my mindset not to, I have to step up to their level. And I just changed it to, no, I just got to keep doing me and continue to become the best me that I can. I have to continue to develop my style the best that I can. And through that injury, actually changed my style drastically anyway to now I'm at a point where you alluded to some things in my style earlier that I take as a huge compliment because that's now what I'm going for. And that would be that like patient type of movement. Yeah. 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 I I look at some of my old flow videos that I used to be very, very proud of. And it's not that I'm not proud of them anymore, but I look at them and I think I just don't have the foundations intact. Like I do now Uh, I might be moving faster. I might be, I flipped it around a little bit more and maybe the movements were, were larger and I dare say more expressive because I actually believe I'm expressing myself more thoroughly now than I ever have before, but the movements may have appeared to be, but I look at them now and I think I could do that with so much more intention and beauty now than I could have before. Yeah. That's amazing, man. Yeah. That's so, so that's another cool thing. You know, the injury happens and, 
and it actually trans that injury transitions you into a, a, a different way of movement that actually is more you, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's more you. You had to overcome that obstacle that you had to put in that effort. So you had to put you into it. Whereas, yeah, I guess when we start learning Mace in the beginning, we sort of emulate what we see. We, oh, I want to, I want to look like Jeff. I want to look like Leo. Yep. And, and, and yes, that makes sense because you're following what they do and you're, but at some point you're going to want to break out of that and be you. And so right. the injury was that, and that, that's a common thing in, across the board with injuries, athletes and stuff, the hurt a knee or whatever. And then they have to train different. They have to play different, whatever it is. And they, a lot of times they look back on it like, man, if that injury didn't happen, I wouldn't have gotten to this point where I am now. Yeah. So the obstacle is the way. Yeah, there it is again. The obstacle is the way. Yep. I've been <laughs> hearing a fantastic one. book um, by Ryan Holiday. I highly recommend it to anyone uh, checking this out. Um, but yeah, it's all about how obstacles can inform your next steps, which can put you into a creative space. Um, and that's kind of what happened with my injury is I actually got more creative than I ever had been before because, because I had to be. Yeah. I had, I had to keep up on my training just because one wing was taken out. Didn't mean that I wasn't going to keep moving. Right. Um, so during that time, I, I ran a lot. Uh, I would attach the sled at our gym around my waist and just walk back and forth, just dragging tons of weight, just, just to keep myself moving and just to keep the kinds of engagement that I knew that I was going to need once I could get a mace in my hands again. I was continuing to try to challenge my structure in any possible way so that when I got that rotational transverse movement back in my vocabulary physically, that I would be able to withstand it. Wow. And that, that obstacle creating that creativity ultimately was a huge benefit to my practice. Yeah. It's, it's a time though, man. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Not fun, but they, they can be the way. So uh, what are you doing in your training right now? Is it just straight up all mace? Are you still using that sled? Are you um, doing anything like kettlebells or anything like that? So right now, my training is almost exclusively mace and yoga. Okay. Um, so I'm doing a lot of body weight stuff, a lot of mace. I, I do, I mess with some kettlebells. Um, kettlebells were like my first unconventional training love. Um, they'll never go away. I will never stop swinging kettlebell. I do at least 100 swings almost every day okay. because I think it's a fundamental thing that I just never want to lose and i've got this really cool stormtrooper kettlebell that my brother gave me and child of the 80s man yeah so i i just love swinging that thing yeah um, you gotta use it yeah and it's got some sentimental value to me right. it's a, a really great gift to my brother um but but yeah that makes up the bulk of my training um i'm not really running so much i have a little uh, meniscus tear so I got to figure out how to address that in the long term. I don't want it to get worse. So running's kind of off the table. But, you know, as I look around the gym here, I see, you know, we've got a steer. I mess with that every once in a while. I get on one of the rowers sometimes. Um, I haven't touched a barbell in like six months, though. Yeah. You think you're going to go back to it at all? Or are you just totally not even interested? Oh, I'll definitely go back to it at some point. Um, you know, I, the barbell is 
you know, the primary thing out there for a reason. It is absolutely one of the best ways to train, but it doesn't engage me the way that the mace does. Yeah. It doesn't engage me the way that more free movement does. Uh, I respect it. I love it, but um, it's just not as fun. Yeah. It, feel, it feels like working out to me. Right now, I have fun with all of my workouts. All of my workouts or, or whatever you want to call it, training sessions, they're all fun. I love every single one of them. Um, when I was like working on powerlifting and uh, heavy pulls, I did not love every second of it. There were moments I loved because you have a success or pull a heavy rep and it feels awesome, but the support work sucks. So if feeling like, you know, not being able to get up off the toilet the next day sucks, <laughs> yeah. not being able to walk downstairs sucks. Um, yeah. Yeah. Right now, every, everything about it, I love. So I'm going to, I'm going to roll with what I'm doing for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, uh, I mean, flow is, is essentially a leg workout and I mean, you're constantly using your legs, right. And I, do you find yourself doing like more than one flow session a day and, and, uh, do you ever overtrain? Do you ever find your legs are sore a lot and anything from doing flow all the time? I mean, I, I don't want to say no to that because I'm sure it happens, but uh, I don't feel sore a whole lot. Okay. and But your legs yeah, feel solid and strong, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, I can still press a 60-pound kettlebell with no problem. Yeah. Um, I can still pick up. I think the last time I did a deadlift check, uh, I still could pull 405 for five reps, um, and I felt good about that. Yeah. But, um, I mean, a trap bar. I'll make a, a hex bar. I'll make that. Yeah that right. clarification because i know that's different for you know people like strong lifters out there who might hear this and go like oh no that's you know um but but yeah yeah definitely the um uh what i because i'm still doing barbell stuff i'm doing deadlifts and things like that Cat, a little bit of kettlebells i just got into kettlebells really mace came first for me and then the kettlebells um but yeah man there's times where it's just like two days later after some deadlifts and some squats my legs are, are sore and I want to just get down with some flow. And I'm like, man, my yep. legs are just not having it right now. Uh, sometimes I can force myself through it. And then I wonder if I'm overtraining. You know, it's like, well, they should yeah. be getting some rest. So it's tough. It's tough to juggle. Um, I'm still trying to figure that out for myself. But uh, I think really diet and rest are the are the biggest things. For sure. The other thing I would I would say is that it could challenge what you define as flow. Okay. Um, flow does not have to be moving around with your legs. I, I actually, I can flow without moving my legs. Yeah. You know, you could do an entirely an upper body flow. True. You could do a flow where you just hold the mace in one position and just do footwork. You could do a flow where you hold the same foot position and just do flow up here. Um, you know, it really depends. Flow is not necessarily just, okay, I'm going to free form do whatever comes to mind. Sometimes flow is very regimented. Sometimes flow is symmetrical, side to side, uh, equal. I'm a big fan of symmetrical flows. Uh, sometimes some of my best flow sessions where I go the deepest into myself and get the most out of it is when I'm doing a symmetrical flow for a long set of 10, 15, even 20 minutes, uh, just going the same series of movements back and forth, side to side. Um, Sometimes I get that same benefit from not having a script and just ad-libbing the whole thing as well. Um, you know, that our mind is not the same every day. So it just kind of depends on where our mind is at. 
but I very much want to challenge the definition of flow that people have out there because it, it, depending on who you are, flow can have either a really, really good rep or a bad rep. The reality to me is it's so many different things. Um, steel mace flow is not just flipping the mace around and going crazy with it. Steel mace flow is very much also holding it, doing a forward lunge, switching it, doing a backward lunge, switching it, doing a squat, switching it, repeat. Also a flow. Yeah. Nice. I like that. That's that's a good way to look at it. And really goes to show that you can configure it to, like you said, the, the brain is different every day. You can configure it to however you feel and technically just go with the flow and just I see what you did there. I yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> that just happened. <laughs> yeah, that's that's good stuff, Jeff. I, I appreciate all that. Um, and uh, before we hang up, so you also are um, available for online coaching and, and for people yeah. to get uh, certified steel mace flow and also do their honors, yeah. right? That's, that is correct. Yeah. And how's that going for you? Uh, so far, pretty well, actually. Um, I just got a couple people starting a, uh, a mentorship program with me right now. I'm going to start someone later today, and then I've got someone starting uh, next week uh, where I'm actually going to be coaching them through the Steel Mace Flow curriculum online. So they're going to be going through the video series, but with assistance from me um, probably about once a week to check in and kind of guide them and how to proceed through the program. Nice. So we're taking the what was previously a self-study program right. and turning it into a mentorship. Yeah, that's really fantastic. I mean, that's something that people has have to jump on. I didn't I didn't have that opportunity. I just did it self, you know, and uh it would have been great to you know, connect with one of you guys and and have that. So walk us through that real quick. Um do are are people just setting up their laptop in front of them and stepping back and then you're just watching them move and then you're just helping them out with some stuff what do you use zoom or something like that yeah i do typically do uh, my online lessons through zoom um i also have I, I don't have it with me right now otherwise i'd show it to you i have a really cool lens that i clip on on my laptop or phone whichever device i'm using and it's basically a fisheye wide angle lens um so i also encourage my clients remotely to get one as well because that allows us to see a wider picture get your whole body in a frame if you don't have a ton of space and with minimal interruptions. Now, when we're doing an online session, we're always going to do a couple of reps from one angle and a couple of reps from another angle. Uh, most of my online clients have gotten pretty conditioned to where I say, okay. And before I finish the sentence, they turn 90 degrees so I can see them from the side. Okay. So, uh, you know, there, there's adaptations we have to make in order to do this stuff online, but it's very doable. Yeah. I, I, is that a, is it? Did you find it to be a challenge at first to coach people online? Because I mean, I'm just coming from this question where, as as a relatively new coach myself, I sometimes get jammed up with people, and I'm teaching them in person, and I'm learning a lot. I'm learning how to try to convey information to people differently for different situations, and I, and and then I'm just thinking, you know, it must you must have ran into some challenges trying to do it video because you can't actually just walk up to somebody and say no put your hand here right you gotta yeah yeah there are certainly um some movements that are more more difficult um that might be more challenging but i would say by and large uh i've had 
I feel very comfortable doing online coaching uh, from the first sessions that I did. I did a few like practice sessions with a couple friends before I sort of really put it out there. Uh, so I felt pretty prepared. I had a workflow fairly streamlined. Um, I don't know. I just always felt really comfortable with it. I really, I really enjoy it. Um, connecting with people is one of the coolest things about mace training. Um, yeah. You know, uh, this, this attracts a strange I don't want to, well, maybe strange is not the right, maybe strange is the right word. A strange, like, brew of people. Like, we, you know, it's, you yeah. know, we talk about America being a melting pot, but on a global scale, the steel mace community is, is, is a melting pot. There's a lot of different people, different kinds of people in here. And there's only so many types of those that I'm going to be exposed to geographically where I'm at. Yeah. The reality is, is in Ann Arbor, Ypsilanti, Michigan, uh, steel mace is not a big thing. But by doing this online, I can much much bigger reach and because of that excitement because of the love for the game so to speak uh i just feel really comfortable with it i just love it yeah i love doing online sessions yeah i i yeah i, I believe it yeah it's uh it's the same thing like with this podcast for me um you know i've been trying my hand at podcasting for a while now and just not finding my groove and then finally this this is it and it's exactly what you just said man it's like i i follow you on instagram and everybody else, there might be some DMs every once in a while. Hey, that was cool. That was nice. Whatever. And then all of a sudden, I'm I'm having a face to face, you know. And it's like all the BS is already over with. It doesn't matter what you do, I do whatever. Like we flow mace, man. And, you know, and we appreciate every part of it. And we let's let's just be friends, you know. And yeah. that, that's what helps this podcast flow. You know, it's yeah, it's good. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Say it. I was going to say that there's just there's this immediate inherent sense of gratitude yeah. uh, in, in that I'm so grateful that technology and this 10 pound piece of steel can connect me to someone else yeah. that it allows me to get over the awkwardness of, OK, you're on a screen, I'm on a screen. And I, I imagine you experience the same thing with the podcast. I mean, and just like we started talking, I don't even know when this podcast started. We just started talking and now, <laughs> right. yeah, now, we're, now we're on a podcast, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's very, very seamless because I think you, whether you're conscious of it or not, we're just very grateful to have the opportunity to be in this space with all this equipment around you that you described and this engineer who's doing an awesome job, by the way. Thank you. And, uh, Hey, no problem. Is, what's that? He said no problem. Oh, yeah, right on. Yeah, he went and got the lightsaber for us, man. I mean, Christian's right. the man. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it, it's it's hard not to be grateful to have that opportunity and immediately just hop over, like, how's the weather? Yeah, right. I was wondering, how is the weather up there? <laughs> no, actually, we've got a really beautiful sunny day. It's going to, I think, top out at only 60 degrees, but... I'm just happy the sun's out. Yeah. Um, I'm a, I'm a warm weather person. I don't know. Try to, I want to get my family out of Michigan, but uh, uh, I do love it here in the summertime. I'm just really happy. It's sunny today. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. It's sunny. So everybody's, everybody's uh, got a big smile. You know, it's, it's a warm fall day. Uh, Jeff, you know, thank you again for coming on. Uh, why don't you let everybody know, how to get in touch with you for, you know, the, the steel mace flow certification and strong coach, all that stuff that you do. Right on. So the place where I'm most active, the easiest place to find me is going to be on Instagram. Uh, you can find me at Jeffrey dot Oaks. That's J E F F R E Y dot O C H S. 
Um, you can also find me on Facebook. Look for A2SteelFit, uh, A2SteelFit.com as well. We'll funnel you to my Facebook and to my Instagram if you don't remember how to spell my name. Um, those are the easiest ways to get me. Cool, man. So check Jeffrey out, everybody. Uh, you know, if you're looking for some good coaching, he can deliver that for you. And Jeff, good luck with your uh, endeavors in going head to head with Ben over there. Um, <laughs> can't wait you. to see how that turns out. Go Spartans, man. <laughs> Go Spartans, man. Go green. Uh, thank you for the well wishes. Hey man, thank you so much for what you're doing. Um, you know, as a coach in the community, I really appreciate guys like you, uh, you know, picking this up and trying to just get the good word out there. Uh, you've got, you're great at running a podcast. Uh, you're doing great stuff. Um, I look forward to seeing the next ones, man. Thanks, man. I really appreciate you saying that. That uh, gives me more power and more fury to keep going with this. So you could guarantee uh, you'll be seeing more coming up. Got a lot of good, yeah. good guests coming up, man. You know, a lot of good things. And uh, like I said, I'm, I'm going down to, to Miami to do the podcast. I never expected that a few months ago. So it's uh, it's an amazing process. And I'm sure sooner or later we're all going to be crossing paths. You know, uh, we'll meet hand in hand and shake our hands and everything. So. Uh, look forward yeah, there's to enough that. of you guys out in New Jersey, man. I gotta, I gotta come see you guys. Uh, I met uh, Ken at a, a, um, a workshop like a year and a half ago. What an awesome guy! And then, as you know, just sheer coincidence, he's got a client that's like a good buddy of my dad's um, that that also like lives in Michigan part time. So it's you know, there's there's too many coincidences to ignore. Yeah, isn't that strange? I'm gonna, gonna be out there, and I want to be in that room. Because I want to pick up that lightsaber yeah. and that pulse. There's actually two lightsabers, so there there may be a duel. You never know. But bring your best game well, that day. Dual weed wielding both of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. There you go. <laughs> yeah, man. Look, I would that would be great, man. We'll you know get down here and, and uh, we'll show you a good time. Jersey Shore. It's awesome during the summertime. Oh, yeah. Awesome beaches. Good food. Uh, well, you said beaches. That's all I need. I'll be there. Yeah, I hear you, man. Yeah, it, it's awesome. So, um, yeah, let, let us know when you want to make that trip, and, and uh, we'll hook everything up for you. Right on, brother. I'm looking at uh, springtime once my daughter hits that, like, four to five month old, a little easier to travel with. Yeah. We'll be there. Okay, cool, we're man. Planning, we're planning a big road trip. Uh, I got family on the East Coast, so we'll be out there. Yeah, man. The Jersey Shore Mace Mafia. That's what. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, how the mafia thing is out here. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know anything about it. We nobody knows. <laughs> nope, nope. We got none of that around Detroit, so it's uh, all good. That's right. All right, man. Cool stuff. Appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate you. All right. Take care, man.